0: Welcome to the Lancaster Patriot Podcast. My name is Chris Hume. I'm the managing editor of the Lancaster Patriot, a print newspaper serving Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, and beyond. I'm joined today by Joel Saint, pastor of Independence Reform Bible Church and executive director of Mid-Atlantic Reformation Society. Joel, as always, a pleasure to have you. Thank you. Good being here again. Yes, it's becoming our custom here. So, our podcast today is brought to you by Heritage Floors. Perhaps you've heard of them. They can help you create the home of your dreams with shades, carpets, area rugs, specialty flooring, and more. No matter what you're looking to do in your home, they're there to listen and help. If you're a do-it-yourselfer, they, get, they got the best products for you, amazing prices. They can also help with the installation. They have the products at the quality that your home deserves, yet at a small-town shop, and they can compete with the big brand, Prices. Visit heritagefloorspa.com or go to 60 North Ronks Road in Ronks, Pennsylvania. Your perfect home starts at Heritage Floors. So, again, thanks for Heritage Floors for bringing this podcast to you guys today. Our topic today, Joel, is eminent domain. Okay, and you and I actually just came from the Lancaster County Commissioners meeting uh, today. This is we're recording this on Wednesday, October 5th, 2022, and we just came back from the Lancaster County Commissioner meeting right we had a blast there did we not Oh, it's pretty exciting stuff now i want to i want to introduce this topic there's a story that's just coming out from the lancaster patriot by michael yoder about the use of eminent domain uh, for a prison project all right so we'll try to keep this concise we really want to address this topic of eminent domain now what happened recently in lancaster county or what's in the process of happening is lancaster county commissioners approved using eminent domain to uh get a piece of property for a prison project. Now, we want to tell the facts about what happened here, but before I get into that, Joel, how would you describe eminent domain to someone who has never heard of it before?
1: You know, most of the times when we talk about things that happen in government, we, um, we, we misname them so as to throw people off. For example, Obamacare, which raised the price of health care tremendously. It was called the Affordable Care Act. Uh, so so that so it became unaffordable while we're calling it the Affordable Care Act however uh, Chris that's not always the case when it comes to eminent domain it is properly named quite frankly and what it's really saying is that officials of the state I don't want to say the state because it's always some official somewhere it's some person somewhere we like to say, well, the state, this and this is for the people and that kind. Of, but it's always for the benefit of some body or some group of people. And so, what happens is some body or bodies, group of people, is saying, the state needs this property. We have eminent domain. In other words, we are eminent, and we have dominion. It's really the same word, domain, dominion. In other words, this is our domain. You have this property, uh, Joe homeowner. Uh, let's call Joe homeowner Frank Johnson. Frank Johnson, you have this property, but we believe it's in the best interest of the state or the county or the nation that we claim our eminent domain. See, this is the, this is the pernicious thing about this. When you say eminent domain, you're saying you're saying the state has authority over this property. Right. We have so far not exercised it, exactly. But we can when we want, and just right now we want. So there's nothing really wrong with what we're doing because we already have a pre-existing domain over this piece of property. It's extremely worrisome.
0: Yeah. So eminent domain, if I had to to summarize it here, it's the the state, you know, the, their representatives, their claim that they actually own all the land. They claim that they own it, and if they need it, they will take it back. You know, at "quote unquote" fair market value, perhaps. Um, But it is theirs now. What happened recently, and I want to get the facts straight here, and I believe Michael did that very well in his story. That Lancaster County wants to build a new prison facility, which I think we're only going to be able to touch on very briefly today. But that is a huge part of this, Mm -hmm. especially when you look at you know what Commissioner Parsons and maybe the others say about Mm -hmm. why we needed to do this. Yep. But they wanted to build a new prison. Uh, they owned this. They already uh, purchased or acquired, you know, this large portion of land in Lancaster County, and there's just five acres that they need for an access road or utilities or something like that. Okay, they just need this five-acre tract uh, to complete this this land, this this prison project. Now that land is owned by uh, it was the Fraternal Order of Police, FOP. They own the land, and they actually agreed to sell it. Okay, so this is not a case where the landowner doesn't want to sell their property. So I want to make the facts clear. However, the FOP said, yeah, we'll sell this to you. What happened was a third party came in and filed a lawsuit against the FOP saying we actually have first right uh, to buy back and and so forth. Now, whether or not that's legitimate or not, whether or not that's going to be played out in court or not, or the legitimacy of that, or whether that's legit, That's not what we're addressing right now because what happened is the Lancaster County commissioners said, well, the FOP wants to sell it to us. Basically two things, FOP wants to sell it to us. So we're really not taking this from them. They wanted to give it to us anyway, you know, sell it to us. And number two, we really need this prison project. So we're going to use eminent domain as a somewhat of a technicality, a formality. Um, we're, you know, we're not actually, I mean, they would have sold us the property anyway, but because there's some other stuff going on with this third party, we're going to claim our right to eminent domain. They could say, well, we're just doing it in a legal sense. It's just a technicality, but they're doing it anyway, right? And so, yeah, FOP, uh, from their perspective, whatever, who cares? Because I want to sell the land to you anyway. If you, if you do eminent domain and then you just give us fair market value, same price, yeah, we're good, right? But what's important here is the principle. This, the, the, the county commissioners... Affirming eminent domain, and like you said, well, they don't usually exercise it, but underlying that is they have the right to whenever they want, and that's what that's what concerns me. That's what concerns you, right?
1: Right, and they would never say whenever we want, right. only in the right. public interest, whatever. Right. Yes. But again, uh, you, you know, we're in that area there where it's so dangerous to say in the interest of the people mm-hmm. or the interest of the state or whatever. What people? And it's a little bit like. Chris, it's a little bit like science says, right? Well, the science doesn't say anything. The scientists right. say an awful lot of things. And we make a big mistake. I think we make a, a Marxist mistake, really, when we do this kind of uh, Jean-Jacques Rousseau type of thing of the interests of the state, mm-hmm. as if that actually exists outside of the will and power of some powerful people that want to
0: exercise their will over others. Right, and, and to your point, I don't know, I don't think, and I'm not assuming that Commissioner Parsons or D'Agostino or Trescott will use eminent domain in the future. Uh, I'm not necessarily questioning their motives, although we have an issue here with the prison and right. all that. We can get into that. But what I'm saying is, in principle, the concept of eminent domain is number one unbiblical, right? It's actually a, a pagan, humanist, and Marxist. I mean, even though that came later, I mean, this concept has been around before that, but it is a Marxist concept as well. The concept is that the state owns all the land. Yeah. And so if the state needs to build a prison or build a highway or or a road, and if the only way to do that is to take someone's property, even if they don't want to give it up, and I know in this case that's not exactly what happened, but that's the concept of eminent domain. And using eminent domain as a technicality grants it legitimacy. Mm-hmm. Because as I, when I spoke this morning, I mean, that was one of my concerns. Down the road... Right, unless we start to deal with this stuff now on on principle terms, down yes. the road, yes, in, in your children, grand your grandchildren generation, my children, their grandchildren. I mean, if we've set the precedent in Lancaster County, and this is the problem, one of the problems with American, what we ha- has happened in America is that we've set these bad precedents, which have no binding force before God. If it's unjust, it doesn't matter how many times people have done it. But if we set this precedent of using eminent domain, even if it's once in a rare occasion, What happens in your uh, grandchild's generation when they say, "Well, yeah, we, you know, eminent domain is is a legitimate thing. The state can use it when they want." And while right now we might not say this is a big deal, what happens when they use it for something else? On what legitimate grounds can we protest against it? That's the question. Yeah. If if we can't, if 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 this is legitimate, when is it wrong? And you properly mentioned uh,
1: the, the, the the correct starting point this morning in your presentation quoted Psalm 24-1.
0: Right, at the commission meeting, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness
1: thereof. Yeah, that's where we must start. We must start with the ultimate owner. Are are we just left with um, kind of fighting over everything here and whoever's powerful? Um, If the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, then he gets to say what happens to the earth. He set us up to have dominion over the earth But let's remember that the dominion mandate, Chris, was not given to the state. It wasn't given to the church. The dominion mandate was given when we only had a family. That's all we had. We had Adam and Eve, and they received the dominion mandate. So we must begin that the dominion over property mandate began with the family. It didn't begin with the state. And what's happening is, of course, is now the state has come along and and says what we've been talking about. Well, hey, you know what? You You can have this land sort of back We're kind of lending it to all to all you people here, while you Mm -hmm. while we do our own thing, you do your own thing. But you know, the day might come when we want to take it back from you from you guys. And so, God, who owns all the land, gave the dominion mandate to the family first of all. Yes, He gave the power of the sword to the state, but the family has the power over dominion uh, dominion of property. And frankly, I would like to see. So I'd like to see Chris uh, out on the limb here, but the state just owns more and more land. I mean, if you ever look at a map of the U.S. of A. and see all the national parks, and a lot of people love national parks, so there is a lot of land that the state owns. And you know, we, we're concerned about production. One thing we do know mm-hmm. that when the state gets a hold of the land, production goes south quickly. Right. But when the family owns the land, the for-profit family then you see production. So the more the state exercises their own dominion mandate, which they don't have, the less productive
0: the land is and the worse off everybody is. Let's talk briefly about the biblical framework for this concept, okay? And then we can get into some application here, especially about what's going on in, in the future. So Biblically, we mentioned Psalm 24, verse 1: yep. "The earth is the Lord's; the fullness thereof." You can look at God's God's law, Deuteronomy 19:14: "God forbids the moving of landmarks." Yes. Right throughout. Which the, you mentioned again this morning. The yeah. proverbs, man. I didn't mention the proverbs, which talk about you know don't don't move your your neighbor's boundary you know, multiple times. Uh, anything else you want to speak to biblically on this concept of eminent domain and what the Bible says about it? Yeah, sure, Chris. A couple of things here. First of all, the Bible does
1: speak to land use. We have 66 books, and most of the Bible, the Bible tells us how to get to heaven, of course. It also tells us how to live here on earth. Why not? If if Christ says, Jesus Christ says, prior to the parable of the Good Samaritan, the second commandment is like the first. The first commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, heart soul, and mind. And the second one is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. If that's true, then there must be an awful lot of information in the Bible about your neighbor right. and how to love your neighbor. and obviously there is I mean Christ doesn't say love your neighbors yourself and then just say well you decide how to love your neighbor as yourself and we know from the Ten Commandments that loving your neighbor as yourself has an awful lot to do with respecting your neighbor's property mm-hmm. thou sh- you, know, you shall not kill that's the neighbor's property in person you you, you shall not commit adultery that's respecting your neighbor's uh, your neighbor's family, if you will, and then don't covet, and obviously don't steal your neighbor's property, and don't covet your neighbor's property. I mean, think about it. We have four of the ten, the, and they're called the Ten Commandments for a reason. They're not like you know a, a random commandments of of they're the Ten Commandments, and we have four at a minimum four of the Ten Commandments that have to do with my neighbor's property. So, starting there, we do have a case in the scriptures. Once again, the Bible talks about these things. If we ignore it, we ignore it at our peril. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm I, you know what, Chris, I'm afraid this is a little bit of a rabbit trail. I trust the short one, I, I hope. But I'm afraid we have kind of decided that a lot of the Bible is somewhat irrelevant. Since if it's not talking about specifically spiritual things, then it's irrelevant. And we can decide whether we can obey it or not. We can decide. we'll, We'll make a decision whether or not we can accept it. And we can't do that. When I say that we ignore what the Scripture says to our peril, we do ignore what the Scripture says to our peril. If God is speaking and we ignore it, we know that whatever happens next is not going to be a good thing. And the Bible speaks specifically to this area of eminent domain. Not in generalities, specifically. And it speaks in the case of Naboth, as you mentioned this morning. And and the Bible tells us that Naboth, from the land of Jezreel, which becomes important later on in the account, which we don't have time to get into, he had a vineyard, and everything was good for the vineyard. In fact, it was so good that King Ahab, a really bad guy... With a worse wife, uh, wanted his vineyard. So they, really, really, Chris, the only thing wrong with the vineyard was Ahab could see it. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, Ahab speaks to Naboth. He says, "Listen, give me your vineyard that I might have it for a garden of herbs." <laughs> isn't, isn't that the way the state begins the conversation, right? Uh, you know what? Sounds like sounds like Ahab is an eminent domain guy. Mm-hmm. You know what?
0: You got a vineyard. I want I want to plant vegetables in it. Which well, actually, we'll find out. He, he actually wasn't until later convinced from his, from yeah. his wife.
1: Yeah. 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 Later on. Yeah. 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 Now he's. Uh, yeah. Now he's in sort of negotiating stage. But when you have the power, and it's eminent domain, how how long do you stay in negotiating stage? Mm-hmm. At some point, you get out of negotiating mm-hmm. ne- negotiations, right. and you do something else, and you know things aren't negotiating anymore. What, what, there's a couple of things that intrigues me about this. First of all, it was such a nice piece of property, and apparently, it was so so productive. Ahab, one, it, was, it wasn't a pile of rocks, mm-hmm. that's the first thing. But to me, there's something sort of ironic here, but also representative, right? Which is harder, Chris, to put together a garden, a vegetable garden, or a vineyard? I'm pretty sure a vineyard takes a lot more work and is a lot more productive. So, right out of the chute. We have King. A- he doesn't even have the vineyard yet, and he's already going to goof it up, right? He's going to turn it into a vegetable garden. You got to be. You got to be kidding me. Anyway, uh, so, uh, but, but that's. I, I think it's representative. He says it's near my house, and I'll give you a better vineyard for it. Um, so now he's a a farmer, right? Uh, again, who's deciding here? Right. What a better vineyard is. Right. That would be Ahab. The uh, you know the expert on farming and uh, vegetables and vineyards and and whatnot. Yeah, I'll give you a better vineyard for it if it seems good to you, and uh, otherwise I'll I'll pay you in in money. Mm-hmm. Naboth says, "The Lord forbid that I should give you the in- the inheritance of my fathers to you." Mm-hmm. Naboth has a long term view here. Uh, Ahab is just thinking of Ahab. That's it. And yeah, that looks pretty good. I think I want it. Naboth is thinking, this is the inheritance of my father's. This is going to support my family going forward, something we don't think of all that much. Mm -hmm. And he says, God forbid that I that I do that. Ahab, of course, he goes in, he acts like a baby, and his wife, of course, conspires with the locals to kill. Now that's that's a critical point there. We need to consider this because some people will say, hey, you know what? Um, uh, property taxes, for example, which are a subset of eminent domain. Absolutely. And it, it, some people say, "Well, hey, it's just property taxes. You don't have to pay it if you don't want to." Mm-hmm. Well, no. But if you want to have a roof over your head, if you want to protect your family from the weather and give them something to eat, yeah, you got you got to pay. You got to pay up. You got to pay these property taxes. And some people will say, "Well, you're paying them at at the point of a gun." Oh, no, you're not. Well, I'm afraid you kind of are. Right. Certainly, Naboth learned when he was being stoned and his sons. Let's not forget that. Naboth and his sons were stoned to death as a result of Jezebel's uh, conspiracy, conspiracy against against Naboth in this case. So in the end, Ahab got the vineyard and he also destroyed any kind of claimant to the vineyard because he killed Naboth's sons as well. Right. So, you know, in the beginning it might have not have looked, Chris, like, like Naboth was was um had to give up his vineyard at the point of a gun but it was Mm -hmm. it was at the point of a gun right and when we decide that oh well it's it's no big deal um you'll find out if it's a big deal or not if you don't pay those property taxes and you get moved right off your land and so in this case this is this is serious business because it it just doesn't go on and say well this is just an account that happened and then everybody lived happily ever after um later on when Na- naboth goes to uh, claim <laughs> one of my favorite stories in all the bible naboth or uh, ahab he gets to claim the vineyard after naboth the owner of the vineyard is 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 destroyed right and his sons and so Ahab goes out there to claim his new prize with, I'm sure, his uh, posse, his retinue, you know, all the officials, a great victory. And then who meets him but the prophet of the Lord? Mm-hmm. And he says, "Have you killed and taken possession?" He doesn't just say, "Have you killed?" You know, like, oh, that's the only thing. We don't worry about property. No, it was a serious thing with God. You've killed and taken possession of this vineyard. This is what the prophet Elisha. Elijah, uh, excuse me, Elijah saw what was going on there. Mm-hmm. And we, again, to at our pearl, God takes private property. It's a serious business thing with him. Mm-hmm. And for us to just shrug our shoulders to things like eminent domain and property taxes and so forth, I would argue, Chris, is, is absolutely an insult to him
0: mm-hmm.
1: because the earth is the Lord's and the
0: fullness thereof. And he's given the dominion mandate over the land to the family. Yeah, and there's much more you can look at biblically uh, about this concept. And of course, Nab- uh, Ahab initially, like you said, he, he makes him, him this offer. He offers him money for it, and Naboth says no. And Ahab, at that point, uh, he's actually he's he, he's 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 doing right because he he, he walks away, he starts to sulk like a baby. But it's not until uh, Jezebel comes and tells him, "Hey, you can just claim that." But it's interesting because the Fifth Amendment. Right. You can property can't be taken uh, for public use unless it's justly compensated for it. So we have in our founding documents, another fatal flaw. There's several that right here, instead of the biblical concept that sovereignty belongs to the Lord and not to the state over the, the land, the land uh, belongs to the landowners. The state doesn't actually have that final claim. Our history as a nation uh, denied that biblical reality. And therefore, we've had many cases, several of eminent domain in history. And of course, the case in Lancaster County right now is not exactly the same as this. We recognize that. But the principle is the same, that the state owns the land and can do what they want with it. Now, we're not saying that these commissioners will ever again use it, but it's the principle is that we they've affirmed it. They've affirmed the legitimacy of eminent domain. Yep. And it makes it that much harder, makes it harder. for our yeah. children yeah. to oppose it. Yep. and that we're not speaking out about it is a concern. So there's much more in the Bible. We could look at First Samuel 8, where uh, Samuel says that if you, if you want, instead of God's law over you, you want a king like the other nations, this is what's going to happen. And there's a, another example of eminent domain. He'll take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive orchards and give them to his servants. Now, that's interesting because right now with this, what's happening here in Lancaster County is the land is being used for a prison. I mean, can you think of anything more unproductive than a prison?
1: Uh, it, it's productive for one reason. Um, I, have read this from a few sources that, um, that inmates, conv, convicts have a different, we call it prison. They have a different name for it. Uh, many of them call it college. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say school. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Call it college. Yep. Now why would you call it school or college? because they're learning how to be better criminals right now how is that possibly we're talking about production here right and i don't know what the fraternal order of police was doing with the property I, I i don't know and that's you could argue about whether or not that's well you know, doing nothing owned. with
0: the property is better than a prison B- better than we'll, a, which i think we'll get to which is a big part of this because yeah. i think people just assume well we need the prison yeah which yeah we can talk about in a minute yeah. maybe and, and and somehow being building bigger prisons is going to what keep
1: us more safe right I I don't know if that's the thinking or not. One more thing about Naboth and the vineyard. Um, When God speaks to Elijah and says, you go down and you confront um, Ahab, he says this, he says, go down to meet Ahab king of Israel, which is in Samaria. Behold, he is in the vineyard of Naboth. Mm. Not the vineyard of Ahab. Nope. Again, God taking this seriously. Naboth is dead. His sons are dead. And God says, this is Naboth's
0: vineyard, not that wow. Helps. wow. So eminent domain, the the concept that the state owns the land, right? Biblically, there's much more you can look at, but that's not a biblical concept. It, it's not from the law word of God. It's not Christ's plan for the nations, for the state to actually retain the right to all property. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, property tax, mm-hmm. right? Because people say, well, the commissioners could say, well, we've never done this before. Maybe we'll never do it again we really don't. and you and you could tell you know, Commissioner Parsons and D'Agostino, maybe Trescott, he didn't speak today about it, but they acknowledged that you know we don't really like doing this, yeah right. even Trescott last week he
1: even stated that he doesn't he, even he he doesn't like it
0: right. Which, you know you want to kind of be like, well, you know it's great. I appreciate that. But in the other sense, not so much because, I mean, are we supposed to you know congratulate you for recognizing that this is is a wrong premise and then doing it anyway? Right, and, and you know, you want to say, well, I appreciate, you know, that you're that you're concerned about it, but yet you still you still use it. So, and again, it's 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 this thing. Well, it, you, we can be as as unwilling to do it and as, uh, you know, maybe hesitant to do it, but yet we still retain that ultimately the state has the final say if they need the property. And again, I'm not saying these commissioners would do that in a case where someone didn't want to give up the property, but on principle, that they, they they cannot remonstrate against it because they're granting, and even with the property tax, you're granting the fact that the state really owns this land and you have to pay us rent for it. Mm -hmm. Again, another um, part of the Marxist uh, worldview. So Joel, let's talk about this because, okay, we we can lay all that out, and I think some people might say, okay, well, yeah, maybe that's true. Maybe we grant that the Bible speaks to this issue and is authoritative. And this is one of the problems with, with any worldview issue is that people will say, well, yeah, I guess the Bible does say that, but that won't work. We need to go against that. And this is the problem. So, see, the faith that you and I have, that I hope we have, and I hope it's growing, is our faith is in the wisdom of God's Word, right? For our personal life, how we live our life, but also how the state is to operate. So we believe that if God's Word is applied— In society it will lead to blessing right now the faith of people who want to utilize eminent domain and all these things their faith is rather in the state to say ultimately yeah this is actually a a practice that we're kind of uncomfortable with but we have faith that the state will will do it right right and you and I don't have that faith again maybe these three commissioners will never will never use it again but I don't have faith that the state is going to, to have the best interests of the people in mind, you know, according to God's righteous standard. So that's that's what's at stake here, because we could say, well, maybe I grant it. Yeah, this is not good, but we need the prison. And that was one of the things that Commissioner Parsons said, either publicly or, or later, is that, I mean, I think he said it publicly. I could be wrong, but unless unless you want to hold off on the prison project, or unless you want to not do the prison project, this is the only way. Well, quite frankly, I'd rather you not use a humanist, pagan, Marxist principle to achieve your end. The ends don't justify the means, right? And so, you know, even I mean, even if the the prison was uh, a good idea, but let's just talk about that now, Joel, because that's what it comes down to the application with so much of stuff. Okay, the Bible says this, but that won't really work. And if we want this prison, we have to do it this way.
1: Yeah, um, sounds like the beginning of idolatry to me, right? Like, and I, I don't even know how that exactly the the blow by blow of how idolatry begins, but could it begin with some something as simple as this is hey hey we 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 prayed to the true God for rain, and we didn't get any. uh we prayed to the false God for rain and we got some, so obviously it, mm-hmm. it, it just a pragmatic principle like right, that right um, yep. I mean I, I, again, I don't know the the blow by blow of actually how that how that happens, how that begins, however to say at any point <laughs> that, okay, I get it that the Bible says this, but you know, it's not really work. It's not really gonna work out. Joel, you know, we're in a, we're in a different time now. Mm-hmm. Well, um, what do you mean by a different time? Of course we're in a different time, it's 2022. You know, they, they did live in a, in a different time. However, I'm intrigued how often Christ and the apostles quoted scripture from a thousand years before a different time right? a different time right yeah uh, that was a different time thanks a lot this is a, this is a different time herod's in control we're, we're under rome what are, what are you talking about and christ and the apostles consistently go back to what well deuteronomy appears to be their favorite book uh, that they quoted from the most um, they quoted generally from Deuteronomy, they quoted specifically from the Psalms, but there's a lot of references to God's law in Deuteronomy. As we've even mentioned before, when Christ is tempted, you know, by the devil, he doesn't come up with anything new, you know, new time. Who's ever been t- tempted by directly by the devil before? Never happened. Okay, since this is new, we should expect Christ to say something new. Instead, he quotes Moses. He quotes Moses when he's tempted. And he quotes him not once, not twice. He quotes him three times. Right. And it says the devil left him uh, for for a season after that. So uh, I, I, enough with this idea that we're living in, in somehow different times. What The the, the Bible that does, doesn't apply anymore. Um, Psalms tell you, know, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Well, if, if his word is settled in heaven forever, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think I'm going out on a limb to say that it's quite relevant here on earth for at least as long as it's relevant in heaven, (laughs) at least. So, 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 again, idolatry is, I have a better idea. Mm -hmm. When we say that the Bible is irrelevant for this situation, Mm -hmm. are we not saying, Chris, the same thing? I have a better idea. And are we not on our way to idolatry, which is condemned in the scriptures and always ends up...
0: Never ends up well. Never. Right. And, and that, as I said before, this idea, the idea of what is, who is your faith in goes back to this root of idolatry. Who do you worship? Who's your faith in? And if we think that, well, God's... If we say, well, God's word has, has spoken to this, but that's not really wisdom. We trust the state. The state has then become God because the state now... An eminent domain is an example of this. The state is the one that is sovereign. The state is the one that can make the final decision whether or not they can take the land or whether or not uh, how much they can tax you and, and whether or not you can educate your children. That is idolatry because you're, you're putting the state in the place of God. God has, God has granted a limited authority to the civil magistrate to punish evildoers. He has not granted them the authority and the prerogative to own all the land. Right, so so it it is, as you said, at least the beginnings of idolatry, the mindset.
1: Sh- sure, it is. I, I, again, um, man, I I just wish we could understand this. I I would tell you something, Chris. When I was younger, I I used to read, you know, maybe as a teenager or whatever. I used to read, and I, it it didn't make sense to me. Just how God would condemn the people for not going into into the land. In other words, they went up to Kadesh Barnea. This is the Israelites. They rejected the the the, uh, the the wisdom of Caleb and Joshua. They listened to the ten spies, and they don't go into the land. It looked like the right thing to do at the time, and then God condemns them. Even I was just reading the Deuteronomy just the other night. You know, when Moses is instructing the people about now going into the land, that's one of the first things he mentioned. Is you didn't go in, you were supposed to. You didn't. And I used to wonder, um, Chris. I, I used to wonder this: why, why all this emphasis on the land? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was confusing because, after all, um, the Bible just tells me how to get to heaven. Who cares about the land, right? But I couldn't get around it, and I came to the conclusion <laughs> that God cares about the right. land. Right. And you can't get away from that if you read Exodus, Leviticus. Numbers and Deuteronomy. It's a really important thing to him. Again, to say, well, that was then, this is now. Now the state knows better. (laughs) When? When has the state known better? We've had ultimate status regimes. And best I can tell, there's nobody trying to get into them. They're not, not, not lining up to get into North Korea, the old Soviet Union, Red China. Oh, I can't wait to go there.
0: Right. Well, we're not we're not as bad as that, right? And that that and that's kind of the mindset. Well, yeah. I mean, really nobody can I haven't heard it anybody trying to say, "Well, you know what? Actually, you're wrong. Eminent domain is not based on the concept of state on the lands because they can't say that. They can't say, because that's what it is." Okay. But they, they all they can do is say, "Well, we're not that bad yet. We're we're not that bad as other nations that have the same premise and principle underlying Mm -hmm. their worldview. Mm -hmm. And that's the best they can do. And this is one of my one of my this is my concern and practically what do we do with this? And I and this is one of my big problems. I mean I've said it many times that we if we believe that Christ's plan for the nations is good, then every other plan is bad. And when we as a people not not neutral. Right. Bad. Right. Right. Bad for bad for the people and, of course, it uh, goes against God's word and doesn't glorify him. Now, what we do is we say, well, we take the lesser of two evils and say, well, all right, we're not going to have maybe this bad of a, of a humanist worldview. We're going to take the lesser one, which is the Republican Party. Right? And so what happens is this is – it just it, – it digs us into a deeper and deeper hole when we support Republicans. And, again, I mean, again, I would like to you know, support commissioners, Parsons and D'Augustino. I mean, I would like to do that. That would be nice. It would make me feel good, you know, and get, but I can't do it when the, the foundation that they're operating from goes against God's word. And this is, this is one of the things I mentioned this morning is that it's this unprincipled approach that got us into this mess, right? Because when you look at their worldview of, of the Republican Party, it says, you know what, the state does own the land so that property taxes are legitimate, forced taxation in and of itself, they're gonna say is legitimate. The state owns the right to educate the children, so you have to pay for that. And and again, on what basis then can you object to Biden's college pl- plan, you can't. Or yeah. Bernie Sanders saying we should, we should fund all public college education. Well, why not if we already fund K through 12? All right, and same thing here, like the Republicans say, well, no, we would never use it for this or that, but we still grant the premise that we have the right as the state even if we're only going to use it in a technicality, you're granting the premise. It's also unju- unjust weights and measures. You and I could never do that. We couldn't go and say, well, you know what? Um, yeah, we we're going to buy it, but we're just going to use our eminent domain instead and take it and, and get fair market value. We can't do that, right? But the state can because people have put their faith and given them this this power, not authority, this power to do something that God hasn't given them authority to do, uh, and so they 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 take it. You know, they have they have that that principle underlying their, their worldview. So I, I think until we have a revival and until people now, who again kinda goes back to, oh, I agree with this, but we'll never it'll never happen, until people say, well, this is wrong, and I'm gonna stand against it. And I think everybody should be standing against, you know, as much as I would hate to say it, Commissioner Parsons, DiAgostino, and Trescon saying, you are legitimizing this pagan humanist Marxist concept and, and please stop. Please repent of that. Uh, until we do that I mean, these guys are going to keep being elected, and they're going to keep keep doing this. Story. And again, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. They might never use eminent domain again, but it's it's the principle. We're not getting to a better place, yeah. and one of the reasons we're not is because we won't stand on principle and say, "Christ has the plan for the nations; nobody else has the, the plan, or at least a plan that will lead to blessings and prosperity."
1: Yeah, all the plans. Um, you know that that uh, hymn, "On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand." All other ground really is, now we're talking about land, all other ground really is sinking sand. Right. And it's it's going to end up in disaster, and you're right. I mean, you, you, you give – you, you seed, cede, C-E-D-E, cede certain powers to the governmental authorities, and you say, well, these people won't
0: exercise them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, then why are we even ceding them to begin with? Right. Right. Why, why, why are we legitimizing something if we say, well, they'll, they'll never use it for this? Now we don't have much time left, Joel. Let's talk a little bit about the idea of, of prisons here, at least the concept, because what the argument is, again, as I mentioned, well, if we don't do this, I mean, the alternative is unfathomable—that mm-hmm. we wouldn't be able to build this new prison, yeah. or that, or that, or in another situation, or the state wouldn't be able to build a road. Yeah. All right, and we, and or for the education, we've talked about that plenty of times. Yeah. Well, if the government doesn't do it, that's unfathomable to think that the government won't be doing education. Yeah. And part of the problem with this, as I see it Joel, and I think you would agree with me, correct me if I'm wrong, that that we have become so entrenched and so deep in statist do- dogma yeah. Yeah. that we can't even see that Christ's plan is so much better. Yeah. Yeah. Right? We can't we can't even imagine what it would be like if the state wasn't controlling education. Yeah. We can't imagine what it would be like if the state wasn't controlling the roads. I mean, I think you and I could imagine it be a lot better.
1: Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Um, yeah. Can you imagine? (laughs) Can you imagine if, if you had private road builders? I know this is like heresy to some people, but right here in Lancaster County, we have like Fruitville Pike, we have Horseshoe Pike. They were private roads at one time. And uh, that's why they were, they were pikes. You had to pay to go on them. But you weren't being taxed you're, uh, like, like crazy to go on the road. Right. And guess what? The people that weren't going on the roads themselves. Didn't
0: pay for it. Didn't pay for it. Right now we pay for roads we'll never drive on yeah. ever in our life. Yeah, this is called justice. Right. So we have this mindset of, well, there's no way that this can happen. Uh, unless the state does it and that is a huge part of this underlying all this I mean really that's that's ultimately the argument at the end of the day. I think from yeah, the commissioners yeah. that w- The prison won't happen right now br- We got maybe another episode on this but briefly just as an example to say I mean the prison system so we've created these problems and this is one of the things people say well if we if we take this away what happens with this and almost every time it's an it's another government right, thing that's right. been created right. on a humanist foundation, yeah. and so it's like we need to get rid of all of that, and we need to start standing on principle. But a prison system, biblically, Joel, would you have if if Christ's plan was followed for the nation? And we talked about this before, but let's just touch on it again. Would you have a prison system, a a prison complex where people are going to spend months and years and years and years uh, in a prison? What is that Christ's plan for the nations oh boy uh, Chris a couple points on that first of
1: all prisons are sometimes called a Penitentiary, right? So the original idea was that you're going to go to prison and you're going to consider your crimes and be penitent for them That's where it's called the penitentiary, right? Well, I, I'm pretty sure that that's not happening generally speaking in our prisons not a whole lot of Penitence uh, going on there if that's even a word. That's the first thing so or even foundation for the idea of the prison is wrong to begin with. That's just wrong. Now, I would would back off and just say, hey, let's build more prisons. If at any time God would have said to Moses or any time in his word, speak unto the children of Israel, that they build huge prisons for offenders. The only time we see prisons is when we have apostate kings and pagan kings. We do not see them in, uh, in for example, in the, in the Book of Judges. We don't see it. We don't see it under godly kings like David and Solomon. We just don't see that kind of a thing. Reason being that when you build prison, who pays for them? The victims. Mm-hmm. That's that's who pay for them, right? right. If, if, if I'm robbed by somebody and the person goes to jail, guess who gets to pay for his uh, room and board and upkeep while that person is in jail? And I believe. Chris, I believe that's extremely offensive to God because he has not authorized prisons. He has authorized retribution, which I, that that's a word we don't even like to use anymore. Retru- retribution, payback. He's authorized the one who commits the offense pays back to the person who's been offended. And so instead, and we have this idea, oh boy, so much to talk about. The idea of paying your debt to society. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute, if I'm robbed... How does the robber pay his debt to society? Mm-hmm. So, society wasn't robbed. Right. I was robbed. But again, this goes along with our idea that the state owns everything. And really, Chris, Joel wasn't robbed. Somehow, the state, right. was, the, the collective people were robbed. What a, These are dangerous ideas. They're Marxist ideas, and they're anti-scriptural through and through.
0: But they're American
1: because we, are we, now. we've
0: built them into our American, and, and some of it even goes back to, to the founding. Some of it doesn't. Some of it does. Yeah. But you always go back to the Bible for some reason, yeah. right? Because there's the wisdom of God, and God did not institute this idea of, of a prison system. Now, one of the things I wanted to mention was, you know, what what would it look like uh, if you actually followed biblical law, right? You would not have people spending years and years in prison, right? If if there's they and the other thing you know obviously we're not we're not do, some we're not doing something right if we need bigger prisons right yeah, yeah. In, in the first place Should they becoming smaller and right.
1: smaller if they're that effective
0: right now but the biblically if someone has committed a crime worthy of capital punishment they should be executed mm-hmm. right if they're a, a an incorrigible offender where mm-hmm. they continue committing you know violent crimes or you know c- crimes against property and they continue to do so unrepentant, Biblically, they should probably also be executed, right? And if if they're if they've committed an offense uh, against a person, there's a victim, then there needs to be restitution, and they should work for it. There's no need for a prison. It's completely foreign to to, to biblical uh, law. So we could talk more about that later. I know you got to run here soon. We got about five seven minutes left. So that that just shows that we've created the problem, and then we end up using. So we create problems using humanist worldviews, and then we try to solve them with humanist. Yeah, techniques yeah. from humanist worldview. Yeah. And then the argument against, oh, we shouldn't do this, goes back to the humanist. Well, if we don't do this, we can't do our other humanist thing over here. We can't have a prison system which uh, isn't isn't solving the problem anyway. So yeah, anything else you wanna say on, on that issue? Just that um,
1: I always think of the, you, the, 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 the pagans create a problem and then their answer is another pagan solution which, which makes it worse. All I can think of is the pagans throw us overboard into the water, right? And then in order to save us, they throw us an anchor instead of a life preserver. And so we grab onto the anchor and we're even worse off uh, than we were before. And and Chris, I know it's kind of hard to to, to see this because our understanding of the Bible is just so shallow here. Mm -hmm. We don't really understand that it speaks to criminal justice. It speaks to retribution and restitution. It speaks to education. It speaks to all these things, Chris. If we don't understand that the Bible speaks to these things, we'll keep on going to the pagan secular state, because somebody's got to tell us how to live. Right. So since the Bible doesn't, since God hasn't said anything, well, I guess
0: I guess we'll go to Nietzsche, Superman, or somebody like that. Right. And one more comment on on this prison system, and and I think we'll address it again maybe another time. But what 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 the humanist state has done is said. We're going to try to sanitize everything, and, and we're going to be humane, right? right. We're not, we're not going to execute, right. you know, murderers or rapists right. or kidnappers or incorrigible yeah. offenders. We're not going to do that. Yeah. We're so much more loving, and that would, that would be, you know, that would be unloving and, and, quite frankly, a little gruesome, perhaps. So what we'll do is we'll take all these people and we'll put them in prison where nobody can see them, right? Society won't see them, you know, out of sight, out of mind. We'll keep it nice and clean, and we'll let them live the rest of their lives there. Um, and that'll be justice, right? It's not justice, and it's not solving any problems. But biblically, when you actually have just punishments for crimes that warrant the death penalty, it is a violent thing. And you actually mentioned something about violence today. There's a place for, for violence, and there's a place for nonviolence, but it always must be according to God's word. And the capital punishment is a violent act. and it And it is one of the things that God has given the state authority to do, all within the confines of his word but instead of following his word we reject it we create a humanist system where we don't deal with the crime we don't deal with the victim you know we create this concept where the state is the victim as you mentioned just like in the amos miller case who's the victim here there's not one consumer bringing a charge against three or four thousand customers right and not one victim not one victim so Let's come back to the prison topic another time. I think it's 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 very important to this specific story here in Lancaster County because it's it's the reason behind ultimately using the technicality of eminent domain is because we need the prison, and that is is something we need to address. Bring it back to eminent domain and even the Amos Miller case. It's all it's all the the state is God, right? So in an Amos Miller case. The state is the one that gets to determine when someone's been wronged, not the victim. The state does that, and if they've determined you're wronging someone, even if the victim uh, d- is not bringing any charge against you, then you have to answer to the state. Eminent domain, in theory, is the state owns the land. They decide what can be done with it, and that is unchristian, and it is not a loving thing to accept. It's not a loving thing to endorse, and it will not lead to blessing. That's we, we think that, well, we can just maybe you know, skirt God's word here and there, and we're going to be blessed by it because we're only doing it this once. That's not how it works. You know, God will not be mocked, and Christ will get the glory for societies that actually want to follow his word, righteous societies. And if if we continue to follow man's law, uh, God will not be mocked. And we're already experiencing that. And I don't don't want my children and grandchildren and their children to experience it, which is why we need to speak up with these things and speak god's word before kings or county commissioners mm-hmm. which is one of the things you've been doing almost every week now as you can go there and speak god's word because these men are responsible to god for how they govern so anything else you want to say joel in eminent domain this concept as we wrap up today just that a
1: reminder again that all civil magistrates don't just answer to god personally they also answer to God as in their in their job as a public civil magistrate. Right.
0: They can't say, well, that was, a, yeah, I I, yeah. I followed your word in my in my marriage and in my home, but then in my governance, I followed a different law. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Now, nah, no nobody gets a free pass like that. Uh, if they did, then what's wrong with Ahab taking Naboth's vineyard?
0: Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Well, well said, Joel. As always, a pleasure to have you here and bringing the biblical insight. As I mentioned, you always seem to go back to, to God's Word, which is a crazy concept for people today. And I think it's always been in some sense because, as you mentioned many times, the root issue here is our sin, and 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 we would rather be our own God than fo- follow follow God and His Word. So my name is Chris uh, with the Lancaster Patriot. This is Joel Saint. Uh, by the way, there was just a conference, Mid-Atlantic Reformation Society. I don't know if the videos are up yet.
1: I don't believe they're up but yet. But they
0: will be on the YouTube channel for the yep. Mid-Atlantic Reformation Society. So... Uh, check them out once they're up. A lot of great talks on the con uh, the concept of liberty. Uh, until next time, to learn more about the Lancaster Patriot, go to thelancasterpatriot.com. Subscribe to our paper. It's delivered once a week uh, right to your house. So Joel, thanks for joining me again. Thanks for having me. All right, until Always next. Enjoy it. Yeah, until next time. God bless and Godspeed.